Hello, and welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We are a faith-filled, family-focused church that's in Lakeville, Minnesota. In a moment, you'll be able to hear a sermon from one of our pastors. We hope that you enjoy and grow closer to God through these messages. And now, for a sermon from our lead pastor, Derek Ross. Amen. Well, can we give the Lord thanks and praise for what he's doing down there? Amen. So grateful for our missionary partners, the Sousas. And in case you missed it, uh, the other day when our team ministered in the prison down there, uh, over 200 men surrendered their life to Jesus Christ on that day alone. So we thank the Lord for that. I've been getting reports from them. They've been helping in churches. They had a lot of rain, uh, canceling some things yesterday, but they made up for it and did some more work on the inside of a church down there. Next week, they'll be back with us next Sunday, and Pastor Vicente will be leading us in our time, and we'll get to hear testimonies of what God has done down there. So thanks so much for uh, being part of a church that's committed all the way around the world. Amen? All right. Well, welcome to those watching, worshiping with us online. My name is uh, Derek, and I'm the lead pastor here at Celebration. I have uh, 14 minutes left now before uh, I'm supposed to hand it off to Pastor Dan. It's our local partners day, so we're excited to be able to hear from so many of our partners. You may have seen their tables in the lobby, and we'll encourage you, if you didn't get time to stop by before service, uh, we want to end hopefully a few minutes early so that you can have that time to hear more about that. And they're all going to share with us in the service. we got a lot going on. I'll share for a few minutes, and then I'll head up uh, to our Espanol service in the nine o'clock because they would be with our Francophone uh, family up there. So just a lot going on. Normally, I preach the whole time, and I'm not able to be in our language services. So today, I'll preach a lot shorter, and I only have one verse to read today, so you know. Uh, I still have three points, though, because it doesn't matter how much Bible I have. I will find three points because I went to Bible college, and I prove it when I have points to the message. Amen. So Uh, In case you missed last week, we know a lot of people are sick and different things going on. Uh, This month, we've been announcing a lot of exciting things to start our missions month. We had Bishop Yurkin and Madeline with us from Kazakhstan, and we're excited about what God is doing, opening doors in that country, and you'll continue to hear more about that, starting the Bible school there, getting Christian discipleship materials into their language for the first time. Last week, we made a few announcements, and I'm going to use some of my remaining 13 minutes to give you uh, a refresher on those, because some of you don't come every week like I do, and so we want you to be able to hear what's going on. And so uh, we've got some facilities updates, and some ministry updates, and some staffing updates, and so I just want to share a few of those today. Um, Last week, we mentioned that in these last days, we believe we need more prayer and not less. And so we need opportunities to hear from our missionaries that are serving in places around the world that are hostile to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so we're moving Monday night prayer to Wednesday night, probably an average of three Wednesdays a month because we're still going to have throughout the year men's and women's and different things. But we're going to move an emphasis of prayer to Wednesday night so we can have missionaries with us to share what God is doing, where he's called them and how we can be in prayer for them. And it will not be online so that we can have whoever we want be with us. And uh, we can pray for them specifically specifically, that the gospel would be preached all around the world to all nations. Amen. So look forward to that. We know last year in January, uh, that's starting in January, 2023, just a month and a half away. Can you believe it? The year is almost gone. Uh, Last year in January, we moved Wednesday to Monday. Now we're moving Monday to Wednesday and uh, just be ready for that. That's hopefully why you have a note sheet and you want to have all those announcements so you can take advantage of that. It's going to be great. Um, Also, this last week, we sent an email. Uh, By the way, if you have a student, middle school, high school student, and didn't get the email, this is also a free reminder. We need your information updated. We always ask people at the end of the year to update your information. We sent an email to all of our parents, uh, myself being one. I'm the pastor and a parent of our student ministry because uh, two weeks ago, I received notice that at the end of the year, Pastor Trevor and Tia are going to be moving uh, to Wisconsin to join staff with our former associate pastors, Scott and Heidi Forsberg, who just couple months ago became senior pastors at a church there uh, in Superior, Wisconsin. And so we sent that email hoping that uh, parents can lead in their home and share the news with their students. And of course, then we shared on Wednesday night, now again this morning. So uh, they'll be making that change at the uh, end of next month, but we're going to have some celebrations for them, parties and whatnot. Um, the first week in December, so in a couple weeks, uh, December 4th, the last official Sunday with us, and then the 7th on that Wednesday. But again, if you did not get that email 
and that announcement impacts your family, please talk with us so that we can make sure we have your information accurate. And uh, you may be wondering, like my 13-year-old is, Dad, who's, what's going to happen to the youth ministry? And that's a great question. Um, it's going to keep happening. It's going to be awesome. I just don't know who's going to lead it. I know it won't be me, praise the Lord, but uh, we're going to have somebody that's going to build on the great foundation that we have. So uh, hopefully in the next couple of weeks, we can have that announcement. We know the Lord always uh, takes us from glory to glory, place to place. And so as he's calling them to go somewhere, we believe he's speaking to somebody else to bring them here. And so we're looking forward to that. But uh, again, be in prayer for them. You can see that uh, all that is coming up with that. Also, facility changes, as we mentioned, uh, we're going to, we began this week, it was going to be at the end of the year in January, the remodel of the lobby in this whole area. We've been wanting a coffee bar and things, but you know, I get a little impatient. And so I didn't want to wait till the new year. So we started, we asked Pastor Joe to pack up his stuff out of NL1 and the prayer counseling ministry. We said, we need it to do some pre-demo. And so we began tearing into the walls and ripping out some ceilings. You may notice that over there, but we're trying to leave it intact on the outside because what we're trying to do now in the next month is get those permits from the city, electrical, plumbing, so that we can, uh, after Christmas, we'll have some demo days in that kind of uh, slow week between Christmas and New Year's. If you are somebody who likes to tear things apart, I don't mean the church, but the church building, praise the Lord. Uh, in the first service, I said, if you're into deconstruction, I meant demolition, but I said deconstruction and uh, I didn't mean that, but uh, we're going to be doing that. So uh, let me just mention, we're, uh, as we've seen the need for other classes and prayer counseling, uh, we're going to make three classrooms over there where NL2 is, and then we're going to open up the rest of it. The coffee bar uh, will move over there and we'll have TVs and the missions wall so we can get monthly updates as well, what God is doing. So if you're going to be around after Christmas and then January, February, March, we're going to do as much of the work in-house and as we can. Um, there's three things that we'd ask. Number one, just pray. Pray for favor and those permits and wisdom because the plan keeps changing a little bit as we continue to see the navigating needs of our ministry. So pray that um, I would just pick what's going to happen and I would leave it alone and then the team could go with it. Uh, but favor with the city on those couple of permits as we move ahead. Uh, number two, if you're able, you like to tear stuff apart or really, we're really going to need help if you can build some stuff back, whether that's walls, sheetrock or whatever else is involved. If you're better at it than me, praise the Lord, uh, we would love to have you help. So if you could just talk to a pastor, uh, Pastor Lewis, Pastor Josiah, Pastor Dan, anybody, uh, we would love to get you signed up on that list so that you know when those work days will be happening. And then we want to have it all done before Easter so that people can go there. We'll also remove the bottleneck traffic jam, go into the kids' ministry as things keep growing. Uh, number three, uh, if you'd like to give toward it over the next uh, number of months, um, uh, I think it's probably looking at the budget, probably like 150000 So if you want to give to that, you can market heart for the house and uh, demo is a lot less than construction. But anyway, we're moving forward. We've been looking forward to this since before COVID. We thought we were going to do that. And then COVID, we were told, you know, you're not supposed to have coffee and donuts or anything. So we kind of waited, but now we're doing it either way. I don't care if COVID sticks around or not, we're going to do it. And uh, my son has regular flu right now. He doesn't have COVID, but you can be regular sick as many of you have been. Praise the Lord. I don't know why I'm still talking about the intro because I now have I don't know how many minutes I'm supposed to have seven. I'm going to take more than that because I'm the pastor. But anyway, I'm going to read one verse. Amen? All right, if you're able, would you stand to your feet? Jeremiah 29, 7. I'm going to try to do this in nine minutes, so I'm only two minutes over. Praise the Lord. We got one verse today as we talk about local partners. Uh, Jeremiah 29, 7. He said, also seek the peace and prosperity of the city. I believe if he was writing it to us today, he would say, seek the peace and prosperity of the Twin Cities, praise the Lord, and the surrounding area, because we know we're, we're a church that uh, is a regional church. We got a lot of cities represented, but whatever city you live in or township, whatever your situation, seek the peace and prosperity of that city, because God has carried us there even into exile. I love this. He says, pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. Amen? Let's pray together. Father, we thank you that we've been able to gather and lift high your name, the mighty name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, give us ears to hear what you're saying. We're excited about everything you're doing. Help us see ways that we didn't even know you've been at work here in our communities. And we ask it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. You may be seated. After service or in a moment, I'm going to bring Pastor Dan up and he'll bring out our different local partners. And it's our joy to have them share. And of course, we want to encourage you. Go to those tables afterwards. If you have a note sheet, I'd encourage you to grab that. I still have three points, even though it's only one verse, but I got to go quick about 90 seconds per point. Number one, 
Do for one what you wish you could do for everyone. The instruction there was to seek the peace and prosperity of the whole city. Now, how many people know in a city like we are, a region where we are, helping the entire city is like playing a game of whack-a-mole? We try to help one over here. Boom, okay, we got that. And the next thing you know, something pops up over there and then over there. And it's just like, man, there's always so many things to do. And, and I was always raised. My dad had always told me, son, we got to be careful. What we do for this one sets a precedent that we have to do for everybody else after. I lived that way my whole life, my dad. And, and uh, over a decade ago, we went to a conference in Atlanta, Georgia, and we heard a pastor say this very line. I, I stole it from him and I'm giving him credit. Right? It's quote unquote. I guess you could add quotes to that, but do for one what you wish you could do for everyone. Yeah. You know, the truth is, I hope all of us wish that we could feed every hungry person this Thanksgiving. I hope if you're a follower of Jesus, you're never glad when somebody's hungry. (laughs) But the truth is, as a good steward of God's resources in your life, my gift of suspicion tells me that no one here today can afford to feed everybody that's hungry in the world today. But if you can, I'd like to talk to you afterwards. Praise the Lord. (laughs) Right? But all of us can help someone with something. It may be inviting them to a Thanksgiving meal. It may be helping shovel snow. I'm just saying all of us can help someone in one way. And so often when we see the vast amount of needs, even in our local community, it's easy to think because I can't do everything, then I'm not going to do anything. But the truth is everybody can do something. So that's my encouragement. As we seek the peace and prosperity of the city, let's help one person. Amen? Amen. Number two, I got to skip a page and a half because that's just the way the time goes. Number two, this is the next part of the verse. Prayer only works if you actually pray. Yeah, I know you came to church and I've given you easy things that you could fill in the blank. But the truth is, although every Christian could have filled in that blank, too many Christians don't actually pray. They talk about praying. They use it as Christian. You know, we have Minnesota nice. There's something worse than Minnesota nice. It's Christian Minnesota nice. And the way that you could tell somebody's Christian Minnesota nice, they're like, oh, I'm going to pray about that. No, they're not. That's Christian Minnesota nice. I'm not going to do anything about it, but I don't want to be honest enough to tell you I don't care. I'll pray about it. Now, maybe there's four people that when they say I'll pray, yeah, I get it. We, we do pray. I, I try to keep the, the list on my phone because if I don't write it down or pray in that moment, even if I wanted to pray about it, the truth is I'm going to forget about it. I can't remember what I was supposed to get at the grocery store without the list. So therefore I keep a prayer list so that I can go back through and pray for the people and pray for the things that I've said I'm going to pray. But I'm telling you, friends, as we plan more times for prayer, because we know God said, ask the Lord of the harvest to send out labors. So we're going to pray for that. We're going to pray for our missionaries. We're going to pray for miracles and healings. But let, let me just say, you can be around prayer and choose not to pray and it won't work for you. Prayer only works if you actually pray. And then third and and finally this morning for my portion, and then I'm going to go up to our Espanol service. uh, Number three, helping others actually helps you too. I know this might not make sense at first because you're like, but if there's a subtraction in my life and an addition for somebody else, how does helping them help me? I'm glad you asked. Let me prove it to you. Not only here do we read, because if the city prospers, you too will prosper. We understand that, right? That a rising tide will lift all ships. But we struggle sometimes to think if we help the kids around us in our neighborhood, in our community, the truth is if those kids can be loved well and raised well, eventually they might not be part of something that's hindering the city in which you live, but they might be helping it. Think of it this way in your own personal home because sometimes we like to talk about other people's kids being the problem or whatever. But in my house, we have three kids and none of them, not One single one of them contributes financially to the Ross household. (laughs) 
Each and every one of them cost me money and take my time and they push out my retirement date. Which I don't have one because I'm like, I'm not going to, you know, anyway. So, but every one of them, they don't go to work. They wake up. Dad, we're out of bagels and cream cheese. Get some cereal. Not everybody gets bagels and cream cheese. Plus, you're using too much cream cheese. Have you seen the prices of groceries? They don't care. Not one time in the last year have my kids gone, Dad, I know inflation's like almost 9%. I'm going to cut back on the cream cheese. They don't care about your pastor. They just want what they want, and they use it all. But none of us have kids because they contribute to our lives financially. Sometimes we've thought incorrectly that prospering only means getting more money. But the truth is, as my son has had a fever for the last four days, and he's quite honestly, he's not in here, is he? I don't know if my wife is, he's up in the office, I think. He's got it on our last nerves. Because he has a fever of 101, but his energy level and willingness to talk all the time has not gone down. So he has too much energy to lay in the bed and just be quiet, but we can't send him to school or put him in the kids' ministry so we get no break. Pray for your pastor. Okay, so, but how many people know that if we will raise our kids to be functional adults and contributors to society, eventually our lives will prosper when theirs prospers. We need to think of this this way, even in our city, as we have local partners here, as we help them and they are helping the hurting in our community, the truth is, friends, although there's a momentary subtraction when we give to them, when we help them, when we help those in need, eventually we will all become better because no one benefits in our city, in our community, in our neighborhood when people don't have enough resources. No one benefits when there are things that are dragging on society and not able to contribute, but it's gonna take some help. And so therefore, we are so grateful to have these local partners with us. It's a key part of our strategy here at Celebration Church that we recognize we, the church, can not do everything on our own. We are keenly aware that there are other people who have gifts, talents, abilities, that's kind of the same thing, expertise in areas that I know nothing about. And we need to help support and resource these ministries. And so it's a joy for us to have them with us here today. Pastor Dan leads our local partners uh, in those connections. And so he's coming at this time because he just walked in the door. So that's how I knew I could stop talking, right? Because uh, they were upstairs. So Pastor Dan is making his way all the way up. Is anybody with you, Pastor Dan? One is in the back. So let's put our hands together for a while because they're making their way up here. And I'm going to go to Espanol and we're going to get to hear from all of our local partners here today. He's getting the microphone, whichever one it is. Like I said, we got a lot of moving parts. He's coming up here. I'm going up there. And then I'll see you in the lobby afterwards. Praise the Lord. Amen. 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 Whew. Lose a few more pounds on a morning like this. Four times we've had these folks presenting me. Just up and down and up and down. So good to be here for this service today. We are all called to missions, every one of us. And you will either be a missionary over there, or you're going to be a missionary right here. Many of us will stay right here to do our missions work. We'll send money elsewhere but we're going to do a practical ministry here. That's what this is all about. These local ministries are ways that you can get involved with giving of yourself. And so we're going to share these ministries with us today. And uh, fourth time's the charm. You guys have done well three times in a row here. So I'm going to ask you, uh, I'll bring you up kind of one group at a, at a time. Amnion is our pregnancy ministry that we work with and we want you to come and share. Introduce yourselves. Tell us a little bit more about your ministry.
Is that better? Perfect. <laughs> I'm Michelle, and I'm the administrator at Amnion Pregnancy Center, and we're located locally right in the Burnsville area. And we just want to thank you today for all the prayers and financial support that Celebration has given to our center. Amnion's theme this year is The Light Shines in the Darkness, based on Matthew 5.16. We are called by the light of the world to shine in the darkness. At Amnion, we have the honor of offering hope to those who are struggling to find the true light, Jesus Christ. Amnion's doors are open to all who are impacted by an unplanned pregnancy. Amnion offers free services of pregnancy tests, ultrasounds, fatherhood education, relationship education, and material support like maternity clothes and baby items such as diapers and wipes. A current need we have right now is to help restock some of those needs for our clients, and we're looking to collect some baby wipes and infant snowsuits from zero to 12 months. Join me in welcoming Nancy. She is your Amnion Bottles for Life coordinator, known as the Bottle Lady. And she coordinates the efforts here at Celebration. And last year in the campaign, we raised over $4,000. Nancy will again be coordinating the 2023 campaign, so if you want to get involved and help her put together the baby bottles or stand out at the table the weeks they pass them out, um, just please see Nancy. Now Ruth is going to, she's our special events coordinator at Amnion, and she's going to talk to you about a couple of recent client stories. Good morning. Our first story is from Amy. Amy could see the bills adding up, and she didn't know how she was going to provide for her new baby. She reached out to Amnion for assistance and came in to talk with our advocates, who helped her navigate her situation and talk through some options to help her during this difficult time. The advocate also could supply some basic needs for her baby to relieve some of the financial pressure. But while she was here, she also heard of God's love and care for her. She heard how he provides and cares for each of us and that he desires Amy to know him personally. Our next story comes from Liz. Liz couldn't believe the pregnancy test came back positive. Now, what was she going to do? She Googled help for unplanned pregnancy and Amnion showed up. She called the scheduling line and was able to schedule an appointment to come and talk with our advocates about her situation and also her next steps, while also meeting with our nurses to uh, get her questions answered. Liz left Amnion that day feeling much more confident and secure with her life and felt empowered to be a good parent to her child. Last year, in 2021, 75 babies were born to Amnion clients. Praise the Lord. Amnion offers center tours on Tuesdays. If you're interested in a tour, uh, you can come see us at the table and we can get that set up for you. And you can call our office. You can also um, get lots of other resources and information at the table after the service. Thank you. Amnion is so vital important that we would have a ministry like this because you can't just take a, a gal who's who's suddenly by themselves pregnant wanting to know what do I do many will turn to abortion we know that but unless you have a group and ministry like this to say they're going to help you and uh, put practice behind it to help with financing different aspects of it clothing ministries so key, so vital. Thank you, Amnion.
good to have you here today. And they're going to be back at their table, just like all of these groups will be after service. And you can stop and talk to them, any questions you might have. Elaine, again, one of our own. We get to see you every week. But uh, you are so key to what you do with uh, Operation Christmas Child and with American Red Cross. Share with us a little bit, please. Okay. Um, I head up the blood drives. I see some faces of people who've donated blood. Um, the last drive we did last month, the goal was 32, and we did 35. And they tell me one pint of blood can impact 8 to 10 people, so that is amazing to me. And they love coming here. They said it's a great setup for them in the lobby. And hopefully we'll have our next one in February. So I do post it on the Facebook page. But my other ministry is Operation Christmas Child. And I know you've seen a lot of these shoe boxes around. And actually, I just shared a story with a lady in the back. And many times you wonder, I do this shoe box and what happens? Franklin Graham says the most important thing to go in the shoe box is prayer. And God does the rest. And I want to share a story about a little boy in Central America. Both his parents were murdered, and he went to live with his uncle, who was a Christian. And he took him to church every Sunday. Well, he came to him one Saturday, and he said, today is a special day. And he goes, I don't want to go. And he goes, you'll like it. And so they got there. It was a shoebox distribution. And they gave the boy a shoebox, and he threw it on the ground and walked away. And the pastor went up to him, and he knelt down, and he said, don't you want that shoebox? It's a gift from Jesus. And the boy said, I don't believe there's a Jesus. And the pastor said to him, what needs to be in that shoebox for you to believe that Jesus is real? And he said, Spider-Man. And when he opened that shoebox, everything in the shoebox was Spider-Man, pencils, T-shirt, everything. So that's kind of an idea of you packing a shoebox, the long-term impact. And when those children accept Christ, and they go through the study guide, as many as eight to 10 people can be impacted in their village by that shoebox. Thank you. Thank you, Elaine. Thank you. Catholic Charities is just, again, such a great, great ministry. And you may not know it, but this church is not a Catholic church, it's a Protestant church. We can work together. We can still work together, and we do. And we thank you for what you're doing, that we can partner with you in the ministry. Because, again, so practical. Feeding, clothing, housing. And uh, we want to be a part of that. Chelsea, share with us, please. Thank you so much. So, Catholic Charities of uh, St. Paul and Minneapolis was founded over 150 years ago under Catholic social teaching, and we are now one of the largest social service agencies serving the Twin Cities. We provide shelter for up to 600 people in the Twin Cities every night. Some of the shelters, what's called pay for stay. People in these shelters pay $7 a day or $42 a week for a bit more space and a bigger locker. The money they pay gets saved for them. When they're ready to move on, they get that money back and they can use it toward rent or a security deposit. Because adults 55 and over are the fastest growing group of people experiencing homelessness in Minnesota, we also have a team dedicated to helping homeless elders. But shelter is not the goal. So we also provide just under 1,000 units of deeply affordable permanent housing in the Twin Cities. Everyone has a case manager to help them figure out what's next. We also have something called recuperative care. These are beds specifically for people who are coming out of the hospital and would otherwise go back to unsheltered homelessness. Here, people can recover in peace, preventing re-injury and infection, and clearing space in hospitals for those who really need it. All of this doesn't even include our day service centers, 
children's day treatment, advocacy work, specialized youth shelter, or other work with children and families. But I could talk all day. So I wanna make sure that you all walk away with a couple ways you can get involved. Um, we have lots of different volunteer opportunities that are appropriate for individuals, groups, or families. They include serving meals at one of our locations, um, helping support our shelters, or working at our warehouse, packing meals, or helping organize. We have our annual event called Spirit of the Season on December 8th at Quincy Hall in Minneapolis. And we also will be at the Mall of America for our Giving Tree event, December 17th and 18th, the weekend right before Christmas. Um, there you can shop for someone in need and learn more about our work. I really appreciate you guys having me. It's been a pleasure. All right, Chelsea, thank you so much. All right, Jason, come and share with us about Haven Acres. You come alone today. You can explain why that is. He is going to share with you the most fascinating statistic you will hear all day long. Just think of the number 850. And you'll find out soon why. Okay. Thank you for sharing. Hope I don't forget about it. No, no you all. So, Jason, my wife Jennifer, uh, many of you know us. We've been attending church here for 20 plus years. I don't even know exactly how long now. Our Ashton daughter and son in law lead worship. And we got Kaylin in nursery right now. So, we're all over the place. Um, we have a ministry called Haven Acres out in Hampton, Minnesota. And we just completed or finished our 10th season. Um, and it's, it's, thank you. Um, and it's a ministry that we kind of do two main things. One, we rescue and adopt animals, mainly horses, but we have 17 horses, nine goats, five chickens, three dogs, three cats, you know, and I make a joke and I'm partridge in a pear tree. So, um, so we have lots of animals, which, you know, I, I never thought chickens would be so popular with kids, but man, they come out there and all they want to do is hold a chicken. So I'm like, okay, great. Let's go find a chicken. But, um, but the main thing we do after we get these animals, we, we, we love on them. We get them healthy. We retrain them, especially the horses. And we actually use them in our youth mentorship program, which is during the summer months. And that's a one-on-one -on -one, um, where one mentor, one horse, one child, and they work together in a 90-minute session once a week throughout the whole summer. And you know, we teach them horsemanship skills um, from grooming to leading to actually riding. Um, and then, but you know, I mean, I don't know about many men out there, but we actually teach kids how to work. Amen, right? Instead of doing this on their cell phones, they actually have to pick up a rake. And because, I won't forget, a horse poops, each horse poops 50 pounds of poop a day. That's where the 850 came in, right? You do the math, 17 horses times 50, that's 850. Well, it doesn't just disintegrate. You have to pick it up, okay? And we don't charge these kids to come out for their sessions, that's how they pay us back, is they actually work. But what you don't also realize is the ministry that happens when you're working side by side with your, your mentor, and you're talking about life, and you're talking about God, and you're talking about these horses, and you're talking about their life, and there's opportunities come that don't come when you're looking face to face trying to talk to somebody. It's just a different environment where we can share God's love. So this summer was a good example how we use modern day parables. And this summer we centered it around God's love uh, using uh, 1 Corinthians 13. One of the lessons happened to be on kindness. And I taught uh, one of the sessions and you know, my boy, um, let's just say he's kind of hard, um, but I, talked about kindness, kindness to our horses, kindness to our siblings, kindness to our parents. And all of a sudden, later that day, I got a text from the mom saying, what did you do to my kid? He came home, grabbed his younger sister, who he normally doesn't like, took her outside and was helping her oil her baseball mitt. And then said, let's play catch. You know, and this doesn't happen in their family. 
okay, very often. So that was just one thing. I'm like, well, I'm glad he was listening, <laughs> you know. But he actually applied it. And that's, that's a big thing, is we can take, I see many kids who come out, when they first come out, and they're meek and mild and, you know, low self-esteem, but by the end of the summer, they're, they're bold and they're strong and they know they can accomplish things in life. And it translates from not only our, our ranch, but then it goes into their school setting. Then it goes to their home. Then it goes to their future jobs. And, and I, it's amazing to me, so we've been around 10, 10 years now, that now we have kids that went through the program that are now actually mentors. We've been around long enough now to see that happen. And that's just, that's, that's when it really tugs. To see these kids who were broken, and now they're giving back, right? So um, we just want to thank you guys for all the support, not only for you know, financial blessings and, and prayers that you guys give us. Many of you are mentors. <laughs> Many of you volunteer, and, and that's an amazing. We got board members um, from this church, and this is just a big part of why we can do what we do. So we want us to thank you for that. Eight hundred and fifty pounds of that stuff every day. There's not enough land down there to take care of all that. Anyway, he said he has a farmer that comes and takes and spreads it around. That's pretty cool. Wendy, you're a great part of this church. You've been for many, many years. 22 years? Really? I've only done six. It's very impressive. Your work with Seven Bells is so, so needed. Again, that's one of those ministries that just touches a lot of areas that the church on a regular basis wouldn't get into. So we're happy to partner with you. You're also involved with Metro Hope, so you're going to introduce when you're done to Metro Hope too. But uh, share with us, you guys, about Seven Bells, first of all. Thank you. So I was 20 years working in the treatment field. That's where Tati and I met. And um, I could see the level of trauma and soul injury to a lot of the people that just become so chronic that they, their families lose hope and there's just so much distance. And so we knew that there was a deep why to the reason that they were using and so set in addiction. And so myself at 31 years ago, I was dying from an overdose and was brought to an Assemblies of God pastor and his wife, and she did deliverance, and I was instantly healed. I was instantly sober, and I have never used since. And so I knew that the, the true freedom was going to come through Jesus. So we live to exalt Jesus Christ. All the methods, all the techniques, all the... He basically told us, lay all that down, come out, and bring me with you. So we get a lot of calls. A lot of them are, um, people are really desperate out there. Uh, the fentanyl has changed everything, and the, the people who you would not expect that would be chronic are dying right when they start using because of the fentanyl in everything. And so it's become a really tragic field in a new way. And so... Our desire is to, these are things that you cannot modify the behavior of demons. They have to be cast out. So for people who were here in 2020, that's how we actually got our start in that because we had a group of ladies that we were caring for here and something happened in the back that got a little crazy that kind of we had no idea what to do. And so the church gave us Vito and Eugenia Kashubin, who were here, and they really worked with us and taught us well, and, and they were strictly do the word, use the Bible, and so that's what we do. So we're kind of the crisis end now of, of what is, we, we totally believe in therapists and all that, but we're, we're on the front, so then we'll just pass them to people to help them heal from there. And we also have two media ministries, um, the Seven Bells, The Perch, which is a YouTube channel where we create 
um, recordings of the books of the Bible using a binaural and a 3D microphone, so it's omnidirectional sound. And it's done in a way to help calm people and to help them sleep to the word. And also is Seven Bells, the third watch. And that's where we go live six to seven nights a week on an average of eight hours a night. We go live to our Facebook page and also to our YouTube channel where we pray in the spirit eight hours a night. I do. <laughs> and um, over whoever's listening and over the world. Um, so that's another huge piece that's part of our ministry. She did a, a looping Psalm 91 just because at times our, we need our air settled because we're in some stuff. And so she looped Psalm 91 over and over and over for eight hours. She has over 50,000 plays on that on YouTube. So a lot of people really enjoy that one, particularly because of the safety and protection. So when I was getting ready to go out on my own to do prayer ministry, because that's not really something I don't really know too many places that do that, so that make that available to their clients. So I got a call from Cammie, and she said, you know, you can come over here. I'll make an office for you. You can do that here. So that's how I ended up at Metro Hope, they just um, gave us space to do prayer ministry. And so now they've got uh, someone I used to work with also coming there. So we became incredibly fond of them. They do so much for us, and they keep us safe because the Metro, as you know, has changed. And so I really, really appreciate them because they do the housing treatment piece so well, and they have the same priority that we do. So that's Cammie. Hi, I'm Cammie. Metro Hope Ministries is a 96-year-old Christ-centered addiction recovery program in Minneapolis for men and women and mothers with their children who are just trapped in addiction and other behaviors that are destroying their lives. There are three main things that set us apart from others. One is that we are completely Christ-centered. There is no secular programming, and it's because we know that Jesus is the answer to addiction. The second thing is we have guest rooms. When someone decides they want to let go of their addiction, the window is very small. So someone can come in right now. We are not waiting for funding. We are more concerned with their life. When they have detoxed, spent some time sleeping and eating and really coming back to life, they can decide if they want to stay with us or go someplace else, and we will help them get someplace else. The third thing that sets us apart is we have a mother and children's program. Typically, a mom has to let go of her kiddos to get help with her addiction. But at Metro Hope, a mama brings her kiddos with her, ages 0 to 10, where they live together full time. They heal and they grow under the power of Jesus Christ. We have two separate centers in Minneapolis, one for men, one for women. They're far apart. We never mix them. There is not anything good that comes out of that. <laughs> and um, I can tell you that we are 100% successful in what we do because our mission is to share the gospel of Jesus Christ and to walk our residents into a growing relationship with their Savior and it is Jesus who brings the healing over their addiction and the restoration into their families. Thank you so much, Celebration Church, for partnering with us. It means so much to us to have people come alongside us. And we need donors to help support the Bible-based program that we run. Thank you so much, and God bless you all. Thank you, ladies, all of you, so much. Um, a year ago, I started to try to be more disciplined in my what I eat and things like that. So in the last year, I lost about 40 pounds. What that means is very few clothes fit anymore. 
So one day I just loaded up the truck, took all my old clothes, and took them down to Metro Hope. And it's such a fun feeling to, you know, go into your closet and just say, I don't need that, I don't need that, I don't need that. And just somebody's going to be able to use it. These men are going to be going for job interviews, and they need a coat, they need a tie, you know, things like that. So it's a, a pleasure to be involved, and every one of them needs prayer, every one of them needs financing, some of them personal contact. You guys have a lot of personal contact as well. So Sarah with Union Gospel Mission, come share with us what, uh, how we can be involved and what you guys are doing. Good morning. As Pastor Dan said, my name is Sarah with Union Gospel Mission Twin Cities located in St. Paul. We are 120 years old this year. 1902 is when some churches got together with the YMCA and began a place for men who were working on the river to come get a soup, shower, and salvation. And that tagline we still use today. We say hope begins with a meal, and we have a lot of hope going on at UGMTC. We have a men's program that serves 367 men each night, either through emergency shelter or through our residential program. We also have a women's program, Naomi Family Place, which serves about 25 women and children ages 0 to 10 as well. Through these two programs, once our guests become our residents, they receive, wrap, they receive wraparound services. These services include support services to get your social security card, to get your driver's license, to get medical benefits from the state. Things that you don't think about when you're living on a street, trying to stay warm, trying to get another meal. Beyond support services, we have financial literacy classes, an adult education center where folks can finish their GED, they can get career services, get onto that career path that they so chose. We also have chapel every single night at both our men's and women's campus. We have not missed one chapel service since 1902. That includes during COVID. So the word of Jesus is preached every night to both, thank you. To both our men's and our women's through volunteers. We have volunteer church groups come in to do our chapel each night. That is one way celebration could plug in. We also serve three hot meals a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year to both our men's and women's campus served by volunteers. We have an amazing kitchen staff, but we ask volunteers to come in and serve, be the hands and feet of Christ and serve the meal each time. That's another way in which you can, if you have a small group, a family, just yourself want to come down to the mission and serve, you can just serve a meal. We're getting ready for our large Thanksgiving distribution. We have 4,000 turkeys coming in two semi-trailers tomorrow morning, and I'm a little terrified. Um, <laughs> 4,000 grocery bags are going to be given away Monday and Tuesday, and that equivalates to 20,000 meals in the community, given freely. You didn't have to prove anything to us when you registered. We're going to just give you a turkey, a five-pound bag of potato, and a grocery bag, and it's our ministry back to the community. That is why we do it. So there are many ways to get involved through volunteering or even financial donations. We just wrapped up our largest um, fundraising week with our WCCO Radiothon on Tuesday, we raised $336,000 in one day, thanks to the generosity of folks like you and sponsors that we had through WCCO. We are 94% funded by just congregations and individual giving. We all know times are tight. We all go to the grocery store. I was speaking to someone after the last service. They were just on their way to the grocery store. But know that your gift to our organization or any of these organizations doubles, triples the impact that we can have on the community. It doesn't matter if you give to UGMTC or one of these other organizations. Do your best to find a way to give this holiday season. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah. So impressive what you guys are doing over there. We're glad to be a part of that. David Lewis, come sharing with us about the Gideon's ministry. It all starts with God's word. Uh, our directive, our playbook, what, what we're going to do. And you guys have been doing this for so many years. I thought you were based on a Janesville. You said Boscobel. Right. Not yeah, Janesville. The, the Gideon started 123 years ago in Boscobel, Wisconsin. That's, in, that's great. I love it. 
Well, listen, I don't want to take your time. You just share with us, Dave, and about uh, Gideon's, again, how we can be involved with that, please. Now I'm going to talk about the Gideon organization today. Our organization is over 250,000 volunteer men and women who are unpaid volunteers spread across 199 countries, and they're all local people doing local work. We do have a paid headquarters staff in Nashville, Tennessee, but I like to talk about the 250,000 volunteers because I'm one of them. Our local Gideon camp covers all of Scott County and some additional uh, adjacent areas. We, our objective is to win the loss to Christ through personal witnessing and scripture distribution. We distribute hotel Bibles throughout the world, and we give small New Testament Bibles to individuals. And over the life of our organization, we have distributed 2.5 billion scriptures, all given away free. The world population is 8 billion people. So you can see that if we were able to spread the distribution equally out, we would have distributed to more than 30% of the world's population. That impact, worldwide impact, is possible because of the support of churches like Celebration Churches and people like you. I'd like to thank you for your support and God bless you all. We hope that you learned something from this message and are able to apply it to your life. If you gave your life to Jesus for the first time or for the 10th time, please reach out to us on Facebook or email us at info at celebrationchurch.net. Thank you for listening. We'll see you again next week.